Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Sunir Madani, CEO and founder of Stacks Payments. Sunir, thank you so much for taking the time. Greg, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for today's episode. Excellent. So as a quick background, can you just give people a, an idea of who you are and what your experience at Stacks has been? Yes. My name is Sunira Madani. I'm CEO and founder of a payment technology company called Stacks Payments. Started the company in 2014. And uh, fast forward eight years later, we are the newest unicorn in fintech. We have, we're processing $23 billion in payments, 30,000 customers, 300 employees, and just recently finished our Series D funding of roughly $250 million. Wow, impressive. And I like the fast forward eight years kind of thing, just sort of <laughs> skipping over all the hard work that goes into uh, every step of the way. That, but you said um, make it fast. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on, on unicorn status. Now, we're going to talk about stacks a little bit more towards the end of the episode, but I wanted to start by talking about something I know is really important to you, you know, bringing more women into fintech. Um, I'd like to start with your own experience a little bit as a female founder and a CEO. Can you talk about some of the obstacles you've had to overcome to make Stacks a success? Yeah, I appreciate us. You kind of like jumping right in and, and, you know, talking about something that's near and dear to my heart for sure. I mean, as a, just not only as a woman in business, a woman in FinTech, a woman of color in FinTech, you know, I feel like I definitely have ex- I've experienced a lot, I will say. And the word a lot is very vague, but you know, over the last 8 years, gone through, you know, four different rounds of of funding for the company, just scaling a business and just taking it to the levels where we're at today. Um it's it's not easy to do for any founder, you know. And then you add the fact that you are a woman in fintech and it's a male-dominated industry, you're not really taken seriously, you're not given a seat at the table. Um, it makes things a lot more difficult. And so I'm happy to kind of share some of the challenges that I've faced. But I, when I first started, Greg, I didn't really think about gender as something. Like, I don't think about gender in that way. So I wasn't like, oh, because yeah. I'm a woman, I'm, I'm supposed... I, I didn't know that there was going to be all these natural... Like the biases that I did face and see, I didn't know going in. I kind of went in, you know, eyes wide open, just thinking, you know, pro- you know, with this great vision for the company and felt like, I, you know, I would have been supported just as any other, uh, you know, my, my male counterparts, I guess are supported, but I could clearly see, you know, when I started, got started, especially during the fundraising process of how big the gap actually is. And, you know, over the last five years, I would say really started reflecting on, you know, just not only the differences, but as we geared up for further and further funding, I learned very quickly that men are actually given investment for their potential while women are given investment for what they've done. And so that's definitely been one of my biggest lessons. And, um, you know, the stats are also horrendous, Greg. You know, we're in 2022 and less than 3% of venture capital still just goes to women in general, less than 1% uh, to minorities. And so these are the, the stats right now that we're speaking of, and it's, we're not making enough progress. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think when you, when you highlight some of those numbers, it really is horrendous. And I think this is one of those things where everybody sort of acknowledges that there's a little bit of a problem. But when you talk about the scope of the problem, it becomes really easy to see why this is such a huge issue that needs to be solved. Let's talk a little bit about what the what kinds of weird pressures 
um, this current system puts on female founding companies because at the time when you're meant to be, you know, kind of in this incubation phase when you're raising some seed money and kind of, you know, getting your product ready to go out into the world, you don't have the luxury to kind of create the product in that safe space. You have to kind of be building it, getting it out in the world, demonstrating revenue, demonstrating profitability at the same time that you're actively fundraising. What does that do to an idea like Stacks, you know, early on in your in your company's history? Yeah, it, it you don't you're not allowed to be innovative, right? And so I do think that there isn't that incubation period, especially for female founded companies. They're not even given an opportunity to get started. And I think you nailed it. I think that the, the you know the place where it really does make all the difference is in the early stages of a company. And I think that's when not only the funding is most critical, the innovation is most critical, the product market differentiation is most critical, hiring your team is most critical, right? These are this is the 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 early parts of your company really define and pave its way for the success of the company. And that's where I see that there is that there's a larger disparity in females getting their funding. And even today, I mean, I mentor, you know, hundreds of women, um, especially when it comes to fundraising and all in all different sectors of, you know, of not just in technology, not just in fintech. And this problem is consistent across industries where female founders are just not even given that opportunity to even make it to the pitch. And I think it stems back, you know, I think you and I were chatting a little bit earlier, you know, uh, before the show, it actually starts even from the venture capitalist mindset. And there is an equitable uh, share when it comes to investment and we're not holding venture capitalists accountable. So we're starting the cycle so early. And so this is a, it's, 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 it's a, it's a big problem to solve, but it's, it starts at the early stage. You bring up an interesting point of kind of holding the venture capital community accountable. Obviously, this is a really difficult industry. It's privately funded. It's tough to kind of um, you know exert influence on VCs to some extent. What types of things do you have in mind when you talk about holding them accountable? I mean, I think dialogue is not enough, right? I mean, I appreciate, I think that, you know, many of the shows that I'm on, I think, you know, people always want to ask, Sonera, you did it. You know, you have a unicorn. You've raised all this capital. How did you do it? And I and I think that there's representation matters. I think that that's seeing is believing. And I think the more that we see more women succeed, other women want to be able to pursue kind of um, call it what it is, all the bullshit that we have to go through. But I think that when I talk about accountability, the the dialogue is just not enough. And I think that's what's been taking place is, you know, we're having a lot of dialogue around it, right? We're seeing when we go to conferences now, we're talking, you know, we're seeing more women speakers, we're seeing more panels talk about, uh, you know, the, you know, the female founder stories, we're trying to elevate, we're trying to highlight, and we're having the dialogue, but the dialogue needs to be supported by action. And when you ask me specifically, I mean, I'm not in venture capital, right? So I, I, I do think that, from an accountability standpoint, it's not just about dialogue. It's about, you know, investors, right? Where we put our dollars in and where we're investing mm-hmm. in, we should be investing in 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 venture funds that are also that are mission aligned, right? As consumers, right? So when we purchase products, cons- as consumers, we've become more and more conscious of the brands that we support, right? So we're all supporting brands that are supporting the same values as us. Right. And that's why we've we've seen a huge shift back to small business. We're supporting brands that have a mission. We support brands that are good for the environment. So we've seen that shift from a consumer lens. But as investors, we have to also align our dollars with our values. And that's where I think that the action needs to take place is from the pocketbooks to then put pressure on the venture capitalists to have equitable 
um, investments, right, across from from not only in terms of gender, but also in terms of minority founders. I mean, less than 1% of minority founders um, ever receive capital, less than 1%. I mean, these numbers are atrocious, Greg. And so the dialogue is happening, but the action isn't. Then from a secondary standpoint, we have to start investing in women at the firms too. And so I do think that, you know, what the challenge is becoming is when we have, it's, it's, it's this, un, it's this bias that is, that is, um, it's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's subliminal, right? So it's not something that no one chooses to be like, oh, I don't want to support a woman in business, but we have these natural biases and we tend to support people that look like us, that talk like us. So when we have a bunch of Harvard dudes investing in more Harvard dudes, like that's what we're going to get. And so we have to place more women at the top. We have to place more women in FinTech. We have to place more women in even in our organizations at the top so that the trickle effect can have all the way through our organizations and into our systems and into, into venture capital ecosystem, into seed investments, into series D investments, into all of it. But it starts by actually placing women at the top. Yeah, I think, you know, you, we were talking a little bit uh, before we pushed record here, um, you know, venture capitalists don't come out of nowhere, right? They come from, uh, they're usually successful entrepreneurs um, or people who kind of made money in one area or another that they want to go then invest. And if the venture capitalists that you're getting are all created by an industry, which is elevating certain types of people over others, then all of a sudden, all those venture capitalists have that same background, which then they go out and look for people who have the same background, to your point, maybe subliminal, maybe liminally, if we can use that as a word. Um, but I think, you know, to, to your point, it really is something where it has to be a system-wide change because you can't get the funding to the people on the ground level who, who need it without having an overhaul of the way that the venture capitalists themselves are created and the motivations that they have. So you know, listening to this, obviously, there's a huge amount of work to be done. There's a, This is a really complicated problem to solve. And obviously, there's a lot of different areas where it has to be solved. What advice do you have for people who are listening to this and thinking, I want to help. I want to become a part of the problem or sorry, a part of the solution. Yeah. Well, thank you would be the first thing that I would say. And I think that to, and I, I really do believe that I think that when the dialogue starts to happen, it's really important to reflect internally, right? To say, what am I doing to help either, you know, uh, to create a solution to the problem? And I think, you know, one of the things that you can do if you are an executive listening and if you are a founder and if you have higher higher women in leadership, I think that's a great place for us to begin is by placing women in our organization. And I think that that naturally we will... And who wants to build a product that comes from a singular mindset, right? I, you know, I think diversity, we've had a lot of conversation about diversity, which is so important um, over the last several years now since the pandemic. And I think that those conversations you know, it's not just about diversity in terms of how we look and the, you know, representation of across different, gen like across gender and race. I think diversity is also important to have a, you know, diversity of minds, right? And you look around your leadership table, you don't want the same type of people with the same type of ideas. So it's important for you to look around. And I think that women bring a completely different perspective. And it's important to have all different kinds of perspectives at the table. So first, I would say, look, inter like, look internally and see what you can be supporting from a from your organization lens and then i go back to you know if you if we if if you are a banker or a venture capitalist or if you're actually if you're listening on the other side then create a mandate for your fund and for your firms i'm not saying that the the percentage is going to go from 3% to 50% overnight but reflecting on your fund is 3% okay 
right? And what can you actually do to go drive pipeline, to go have the right, uh, to go have more, you know, because I hear a lot of times from from, uh, venture capitalists, you know, I'll I'll speak out loud about this and like, oh, well, Sonera, we just don't have the pipeline. You know, there's not a lot of stacks out there. There's not a lot of, um, you know, women that that are creating fintech companies. And it's like, no, they are out there. We're not looking hard enough. And we're not allowing for them to come into this space. And so there is not a pipeline problem. The problem is you. Go search for the pipeline. And so what are you actually doing to go insert yourself at the right, you know, at the right venture conferences and and supporting women organizations? There's so many organizations for female founders that are out there. Let's actually go build that pipeline. And so I think that there's a lot that even venture capitalists can do without even like inserting a ton of dollars just by having the right mandate to say, hey, we'd like to bring that 3% in our in our fund to go from 3% to 10% next year. Yeah. No, and I think if you think about it again, 3%, is that okay? And the answer clearly is no. Um, you know, I think we've we've looked at this from the standpoint of, you know, there's obviously the social justice angle, but there's this other side of it, which we haven't really talked about, which is there's a huge amount of kind of missed opportunity that Thank comes you. from this because there's so many good ideas, which quite frankly could become profitable businesses, which could offer massive return on investment for everybody who's involved, which could ultimately make the end users' lives on a day-in, day-out basis better. And we're missing those right now. Can you talk about kind of the size of the opportunity that's that's potentially available? I mean, you know, we can look at Stacks on its own. What would somebody have missed out on if your company had not been able to you know, kind of overcome these barriers? And, and what potential other pieces are we leaving out? That's the side of the, the equation that I think gets ignored a lot. But this is not selfless. You know, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of potential money to be made from the companies who come and engage, the venture capitalists who come and engage in this space really productively. I agree with you 100%. And I appreciate you stating that this is not a social justice pity case that we should be investing in women and social. That's not what this is. There is opportunity in business, regardless of who founds that business, right? And there is opportunity in business. And I think that's what's being missed. Every stat supports when you invest in women, right? We make dollars go further. Like there's like everything. I think Mr. Wonderful has like some of the best stats that you can find um, on why he specifically invests in, in female founders. We return more capital. We're more capital efficient. Our organizations have better cultures, right? Our, our, we drive ideas where we're collaborative, all of these things that are natural to just female leadership. Now the world post pandemic is like, how do we become better leaders? And how do we ensure we have an empathetic culture? Like all these things. I didn't think about those in 2014 when I started the business, we naturally just had an amazing culture. I was naturally an empathetic leader. I drove collaboration. I asked for help. I drove 18 times um, dollars for our investors that invested in our, our Series A. 18 times investment. Where are you going to get that kind of return, right? And so there's yeah, a capitalistic opportunity. There's there's capital opportunity here, and I think that that shift needs to change. This is not for charity. I don't want someone's charity, right? They're they're going right. to miss out. Someone else is going to take. Uh, someone else is going to be able to invest. And I would say that the the funds that have invested in us are value aligned with us as humans. And it wasn't about us being minorities, I mean, or uh, a woman. It was because our business was really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to. You know, we've seen companies come across the stage at Finnovate. Obviously, we've seen so many different startups and, and new ideas. And 
um, there's a real danger of seeing, you know, the same ideas recycled in, in kind of repackaged in different ways. There's, there's obviously a huge amount of pressure on everybody in, in the industry to go out and find that next big idea. And I think, you know, if you're not, whatever side of the equation you're on, if you're not open to all possible answers to whatever solution or whatever problem you're trying to solve, if you're not open to new ideas coming from all possible sources, you're really dramatically limiting yourself and, and the potential that you have to go out and create that next big thing. So, you know, we are about out of time, but I think you know, what you hear from Sunira obviously is, um, you know, you've been able to overcome this. You've been able to get access, get a seat at the table, which has been denied to so many people. Um, but I think what you're hearing is this massive opportunity that Stacks Payments has offered to everybody in this space, which many people ignored for reasons which had nothing to do with business. And now we're in a moment where there's increased pressure on all sides of the industry to make sure that you're finding that next opportunity, that you're keeping customers happy. And this is a way to do that without... Um, having to kind of dramatically rewrite everything, just listen to all of the people on the planet. So um, you can tell it's something that Sunir is passionate about. It's something that I care about a lot. All of us at Finnovate, we really do our best to try and feature female founders, but let's get that 3% number up, huh? That, that's just a ridiculous place to leave it. No, it, it really is. And, you know, you, you said something that uh, you said that I've, I was, I was finally given a seat at the table and I'll tell you that I don't think I ever had a seat at the table. So I decided to go build my own. Sure. And that's where, like, and and that's and honestly, but that's not what we want, right? And this is yeah. where we want to be more collaborative. I do think that there's so much opportunity. I think we just have to look ourselves and really hold ourselves accountable. I know so many men that really care deeply about being an ally uh, and wanting to make a difference. Just really reflect and ask yourself, like, take a look at the stats in your organizations. Numbers don't lie, right? You have feelings. Mm -hmm. I have math right? Oh, math, math will win. It's, it's always a balance between gut and facts. And if you actually look at the facts, you might have your gut to say, hey, we're doing our best or we're leaning in here. But are we really? Let's go take a look at the numbers. And I think that we can quickly see that there is action that we can take. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's an excellent place to leave it. I love the line, building your own table. You're right. That's not where we want it to be. But um, you know, I, I think your challenge is spot on. Look at the math. The numbers don't lie. Let's let's take a look. Let's get some of these statistics improved. So, Sunira, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Um, and you know, we'll all keep watching the space and look for those next big ideas coming out of it. Hopefully, we see more venture funding going where it needs to go. Yeah, thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate the dialogue and support Stacks. I mean, we support small business, large business, and SaaS uh, companies to do integrated payments, and so that's a great place for all of you to begin. Perfect. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.